Hello. Welcome to the Myths and Legends of Europe. This episode is brought to you by the top podcast app, the Podbean Podcast app. You can get instant updates of my new episodes on the app, and it's free and has great features to let you easily discover, listen to, and even publish a podcast. Whether you use an iPhone or an Android device, this app is the one for your podcast needs. Get the Podbean Podcast app now on Google Play or the Apple App Store. Enjoy more from the podcasts you love. So, on with the chapter. The Myths of the Norse, Chapter 10, Love and Knowledge. Thor was minding his own business in Asgard when he noticed a small man approaching. Not one to be very interested in anything he couldn't enjoy bashing with his hammer, he took very little notice until the dwarf was virtually upon him. It was clear the visitor had something to say. I've come for my bride, he announced. It's taken me a long time to get here and I'm going to take the lovely Thruds to her new home. Thor frowned. And who are you? You look like a little pale monster. There's no way you are marrying Thrud. She is a Valkyrie. You are a dwarf. I'm Alvis, replied the dwarf. I live in a cave under a hill and I've come to claim Thrud. She is the agreed price for my fine work. The gods do not break their word and I'm in a hurry. Please fetch Thrud for me. I have to have her this night before the rays of the morning sun turn me to stone. Thor was indignant. I know nothing of this. Thrud is my daughter and I will not permit her to marry you. Alvis took a different tack. I know everything, he boasted. If I can answer any question you ask, then I win Thrud's hand. Thor looked at the dwarf doubtfully. He didn't seem particularly special, so the Aesir agreed. I won't stand in the way of your love if you answer whatever I ask, and it may be anything about all of the nine worlds. If you truly know everything, then it will be child's play for you. So, tell me, what's the name of the land which stretches all around us? It is called the Earth, but it has many other names different in each world. Up here in Asgard you say field, but in Farnaheim they prefer the ways. The giants call it evergreen. Okay, Alvis. What is the name for the sky that can be seen from every world? Easy, scoffed the dwarf. Men call it heaven. The Aesir call it high home. The Varnir, the windweaver. The elves say it is the fair roof, and we dwarfs know it as dripping hall. Okay, mused Thor. What is the name of the moon that can be seen from every world? Try a hard one, Thor. It is called the moon by men, but gleamer by the dwarfs and time teller by the elves. You gods say mock sun, and those in hell whirling wheel. The giants call it rapid traveller. And the sun, Alvis, how is it known? Well, replied Alvis, we dwarfs name it Dvalin's delight. In Jotunheim it is known as Everbright, and the elves say fair wheel. The Aesir and the Farnir simply say the orb, and men all glowing. Okay, my fine dwarven foe, what are the names for the clouds that bring us rain? Clouds, of course, mocked Elvis. At least that's what the men call them. You know them as chance of showers, but the Farnir say wind kites. In hell they are revered as the helmets of secrets, but the giants prefer hope of rain. And what of the wind that gusts throughout all the worlds? asked the Thunderer. Well, men of course call it the wind, Elvis smiled confidently. In hell they name it the blustering blast. The Aesir like to call it waverer, and the giants whaler. The elves talk of the roaring traveller. Okay, dwarf who knows all there is to know about our lives and fortunes. What are the names for peace and stillness? 
Men call it calm, while the ICSA quiet and the Farnia winds hush. We dwarfs welcome it as day's refuge, and the elves call it day's lull. The giants call it sultry. So what about the sea which laps the shores of all the worlds, and upon which men and gods sail? Alvis grinned. Men, you will not be surprised to learn, call it the sea. The Farnia simply say waves, but in Asgard smooth lying is the term. The dwarf's name is best, we say the deep, while the elves refer to it as drink stuff. Thor narrowed his eyes. What about the fire that burns in each and every world? Men say fire, you say flame, and your friends in Farnaheim wave. To us it is burner, and to the giants hungry biter. In hell it is called hasty. So tell me, Alvis, the dwarf who knows all there is to know about our lives and fortunes, what is the name of the wood which grows in the trees in all of the worlds? Men call it wood, replied the knowledgeable dwarf. The gods say main of the field, but those in hell speak of seaweed of the hills. The Farnir give it the name wand, while to the giants it is fuel, and to the elves fair-limbed. So, replied Thor, what are the names given to the daughter of Narvi, the knight? Men call it the knight, of course. The gods say darkness or hood. The giants name it lightless, while the elves speak of sleep-soothing. We dwarfs know it as the weaver of dreams. Really, replied the strongest of the Aesir, and what do we call the seed sown by men in each of the nine worlds? Men call it barley, but you, Thor, and your friends in Asgard prefer grain. The Farnir's name of it is growth, while to the giants it is simply known as edible. The elves say it is drinks grist, but in hell it's referred to as the slender stem. So tell me, Alvis, the dwarf who knows all there is to know about our lives and fortunes, what is the name for the ale which men quaff in all of the nine worlds? Men call it ale. The sons of Suttung call it feast draught. The gods here in Asgard say beer, while those in Farnaheim call it foaming. In hell it is called mead, but the giant's name for the drink is cloudless swill. Thor smiled a mirthless smile. Well, my friend, never have I known one person to be such a mine of knowledge. You comprehend the ancient wisdom, and I'm impressed by your words. But your own tongue has trapped you. The knowledge you have and the love for that knowledge have damned you. The sun's rays arrest you. Alvis whirled round, but it was already too late. The sun's rays arrest you, repeated Thor quietly, and they turn you to stone. And now the sun shines in my hall once again. And with that, Thor the Thunderer took one last look at his stricken opponent, and then turned and walked away. So Alvis failed in his attempt to win his love. Another who tried was a man called Svipdag. Svipdag's father had married a woman who was not too keen on her new husband's son. She began to plot against the young man, and eventually set him a task. He was to go forth and win the love of a goddess called Mengloth. He had no idea how to go about this task, but he knew someone who would. Unfortunately for the young man, that someone was his mother, the seeress Groa, who was long dead and in Niflheim. Unperturbed, Svipdag travelled to the gates of that unpleasant world and called for her. Groa recognised her son's voice from inside hell and called out to him, asking what he needed from her. When he explained the story, she gave him the benefit of her knowledge and wisdom. This came in the form of charms which she sang over her son. The first charm is that known by Ran and Rint, she sang. Shake off whatever ails you, you can trust your own strength. 
The second charm shall prevent you from taking the wrong turn. The bolts of Erd will provide a path. The third will save you from the rivers. If water threatens your life, the streams, Horn and Ruth will return the waters to hell and the rivers will part in front of you. Fourth, I will protect you from your enemies. If they attack you on the gallows way, they will be overcome by a desire to give you every wish and will long only for peace. The fifth charm will free you from being bound. If you are shackled, then the charm I sing over your thighs will burst the lock from your limbs and make the fetters fall from your feet. The sixth charm will keep you safe at sea. Your boat will have calm passage, neither wind nor wave will harm you. Seventh, you will never freeze in the cold on a bare crag. The fatal cold will not grip your flesh. For your eighth, I will protect you from the charms of others. No curse from a dead Christian woman can ever harm you. Your ninth charm is the gift of fine words. If you have to talk your way out of strife with a warlike giant, then your eloquence and wisdom will be unending. Now go forward into danger and know these charms are with you. Follow your love and listen to what your mother has said. You will forever have good fortune if you keep these words in your heart, my son. And so Svipdag began his search. Many a day passed as he sought his love far and wide. Eventually, in Jürtenheim, he arrived at the house of a giant. A giant living in the land of giants was not unusual. The fact that his house was girdled in fire was a tad less common. The giant guarding the gate announced that he was called Fjolsvith. He asked the unexpected arrival what he wanted. He didn't get a straight answer. Who are you? said Svipdag. And why are you not welcoming the wayfarer? You are not welcome here, it's quite simple. I am wise, but I'm not generous with my food. You will never be allowed in here. Go away. I'm going nowhere. I'm going to make this my home and be with my love. The giant looked quizzically at Svipdag. Who are you then, and what is your ancestry? I am called Vintkald, replied Svipdag. My father was Varkald, and his father was Fjolkald. Now you answer me a question. Who owns this rich hall? Fjolsvith paused for thought. The names which Svipdag had produced for himself and his ancestors meant wind cold, cold of the early spring, and great cold. These were names that hinted of descent from the frost giants. Despite his earlier misgivings, the giant answered the question. It was the answer Svipdag had expected. Mengloth is she who owns this place. She is the daughter of Svafrothin's son. Svipdag went on. So tell me, Fjolsvith, what is the name of this gate which you guard so jealously? It is known as Thrymgil. It was made by the three sons of Solblindi the Blind. Anyone who tries the latch is immediately bound. Svipdag nodded. Now answer me this, Fjolsvith, and tell me the truth. What is the name of this stronghold which is grimmer than anything seen by man? It is called Gastropnir, the Guest Crusher. I made it myself from the limbs of Libramir. It will stand as long as the world lasts, so strongly did I brace it. Now answer me this, Fjolsvith. What is the name of the tree that casts its limbs over every land? It is called Yggdrasil. No man or giant has seen its roots. No axe can fell it, and no fire can burn it. Svipdag was on a roll now. The giant was answering all of his questions, showing great wisdom. He went on. Now tell me this, what grows from the seed of the tree? Women heavy with child cook and eat the fruit, and the child is delivered safely. 
And what, O Fjolsvith, is the name of the cock which glitters with gold and sits on the highest branch? It is called Vidofnir. He shines his light like lightning on the boughs of Yggdrasil and brings nothing but grief to Surt and Sinmora, his wife. But what about this? What are the names of the hounds that stand before this house, so fierce and angry? Fjolsvith replied quietly, Gif they call one, and Geri the other. They are huge now, but will grow and grow until the gods are doomed to death. Svipdag was not perturbed by the reference to Ragnarok. Can anyone hope to enter this house while the hounds sleep? Never do they sleep at the same time, came the rather unsurprising answer. One sleeps during the day, and the other at night. Can they be distracted by meat? Only the meat from the wings of Vidofnir would be enough to take their attention. Svipdag seemed to consider this carefully. So tell me, Fjolsvith, what weapon could be used to send Vidofnir to hell? Only the sword Lavatine, the wounding wand. It was made by Loki and forged with runes by the gates of Niflheim. It is in Legion's chest fastened by nine locks and Sinmora guards it. Can it be stolen by a man? Can he hope to escape with the sword? Only if the correct gift is taken for Sinmora. And what is this gift? asked Svipdag. Take a tail feather from Vithofnir, give it to Sinmora, and she will give you Lavatine in return. Svipdag nodded. He could see this was impossible. To get past the dogs, he needed to kill the cock. To kill the cock, he needed the sword. To get the sword, he needed to kill the cock in order to gain a tail feather. He changed tack. So tell me, Fjolsvith, what is the name of the hall surrounded by flame? It is called Lear. It will forever tremble like a spear point. All men know of the majesty of this hall, and no man will see one more majestic. And which of the gods made this hall? The giant replied briefly. It was Loki, and he was helped by the dwarfs. So tell me this, Fjolsvith. What is the name of the mountain on which I can see a beautiful woman lying? It is called Lifjaberg. It makes well any sick woman who climbs it, no matter how ill she has been. So answer me this, Fjolsvith. Who are the maidens which sit so gladly at Mengloth's knees? One is called Hilf, and another Hilfthrasa. A third is known as Thiofvara, and then there are Bjort and Blyke, Blith and Frith, Eir and Orbotha. And do they help those who make offerings? asked Svipdag. They will help anyone who makes an offering on the holy altars. They will protect men from danger if they see that danger there is. Svipdag then asked the question he really wanted to ask. Now tell me this, Fjolsvith, who can hope to sleep in the arms of the beautiful Mengloth? Fjolsvith was clear. No man but one may hope to sleep in those arms, and that one is known as Svipdag. Fling back the gates, Fjolsvith, make the gateway wide. I am Svipdag. The giant appeared to believe the man completely, because he shouted to Mengloth and told her that Svipdag had come to her. Mengloth spoke, first to Fjolsvith. You had better be telling the truth. If you are lying about Svipdag being here at last, then you will be strung up and hungry ravens will peck out your eyes. The goddess looked at the wanderer. Where have you come from? How did you get here? Who are your kinsmen? I must know you are who you say you are before I can be your bride. I am Svipdag. I am Solyart's son. I came by the wind-cold ways to find you. The words of Erd are true, and nobody should deny them. I am Svipdag. Mengloth smiled and opened her arms. 
You are welcome here, my love. You have won my welcoming kiss. At last it is time for the longed-for meeting between two who were meant to be lovers. So long have I waited here hoping for your arrival, and now I have what I have yearned for. We have longed for each other, and now we are together. We will be together forever. Before I go, just a reminder that today's episode was brought to you by the Podbean podcast app. Get the app now on the Google Play or Apple iTunes store. Get more from the podcasts you love. And now, have a great couple of weeks and I'll speak to you next time.